It was good, everybody. Thanks for coming back. Enjoy part two. A few minutes later. All right. So as we mentioned, uh, the schools, that was a good discussion, of course, with the rivalries uh, and the schools are a good segue to my next thing. I want to talk about like the education. Right. So we're all college educated men here. We have all experienced education either uh, in North Carolina at the higher education level or uh, during our kind of pre-K through 12 years as well. Uh, so I want to get into some rankings here that I found. So South Carolina is 43rd overall in education. Uh, When it comes to higher ed, we are 46th. And when it comes to pre-K, we are 41st. Compared to North Carolina, which is 25th overall, 12th in higher ed, and 28th in pre-K through 12. Uh, So with the states being so close together, why do we see those large gaps? What are your opinions or thoughts on why we see that that big gap in rankings? Higher ed, I recognize, like Tyson mentioned, birthplace of of public education there. Uh, A lot more colleges and universities, of course, so, um, and really good colleges and universities as well, uh, including some very prominent historically black colleges and universities as well. So what is your opinion on why we see those uh, kind of gaps? And Tyson, we'll go ahead and start with you. I think a lot of it comes down to resources and where uh, where where different states prioritize putting their dollars. Uh, you know, Joe Biden has a quote and says, uh, don't tell me your values, show me your budget, and I'll tell you your values. And I think that's pretty accurate. Um, so I think I think you, if you look at the data and you compare um, education spending over a long period of years, I think you'd see some real trends. You know, I grew up in, in North Carolina and Ethan as well under uh, eight years of Governor Jim Hunt, who actually served as governor for 16 years. But, you know, he prided himself on calling himself the education governor. Um, so I think that that is a, uh, a key point. And then, of course, in South Carolina, Dick Riley, um, Governor Riley, he was obviously had a, had a huge focus on on education um, and was later the secretary of education. So I think you, you have both states had some strong gubernatorial leadership. I think maybe in North Carolina, some of that focus on education extended beyond um, when Governor Hunt served as governor that maybe wasn't quite duplicated as much outside of Governor Hodges and Governor uh, Riley in South Carolina. Um, and then I think the other thing in North Carolina that is extremely important to note is the synergy between um, universities, the business sector, and then um, local local governments. I mean, that, that's how you got the Research Triangle Park, because those three institutions worked together um, because I think all three knew that strong higher education is good for obviously good for the universities it's good for the communities and it's good for business um the more uh, and better educated your workforce the more productive their businesses are going to be and eventually the more dollars they have and more tax revenues generated so i think um those who are the driving force behind research trying to park understood that and i think you see seen that borne out and why in in some of those areas north carolina you have some really 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 strong um local education systems but i think you also have some areas in both states particularly in the rural parts of the states that continue to struggle um you know i don't like the term but i think people know the the quote-unquote quarter of shame in south carolina where you know in kind of denmark area that has been very unfairly treated 
on a variety of not just education systems, but also things like water systems. Um, then you have areas in North Carolina, like Warren, Warren County that are, um, rural and poor areas where their education systems are not quite as strong. So I think, I think maybe North Carolina is a little bit ahead of the game in, in terms of public education, but both states really have a long way to go, um, in particularly addressing some of the needs of some of the, uh, more rural parts of the state in both. Uh, what do you say, Ethan? I think you were a former teacher. Yeah. So, uh, like to hear your thoughts and could you share where you taught school after you graduated yeah sure um so well first i want to kind of start with a little bit of my education so i um grew up in one of the larger public school systems in north carolina at cms um i actually did go to school in cms i went to a private school in charlotte which Charlotte also has a pretty decent private school network as well um and then I ended up going, we actually moved out of the county into Union County for me to start high school. And I went to one of the highest performing high schools, public high schools in the state. And then um, they built, uh, midway through my high school career, they built uh, another high school that I ended up graduating from, which was like the even higher performing public high school in the state. Um, and to, you know, came to South Carolina and, and got my education there, uh, was one of the places where I actually first learned of the corridor shame and learned about how public schooling uh, looks across the region and, and how different areas of the country and different areas of you know my own state um, received education differently and didn't necessarily have all the amazing opportunities that I had growing up, um, which led me to sign up for Teach for America, uh, where I ended up teaching in um, I ended up teaching in Kenton, North Carolina, uh, more toward the East Coast. It's about an hour, uh, hour west of Wilmington, um, a more rural area, but it's it's got a lot of um, still sort of inner city issues as far as like uh, high rates of crime and, and high rates of uh, high concentrations of poverty. I think that's uh, sort of common in, in rural areas, but um, even more so in Kenton, I think. Um, and there I kind of really started to understand how um, I think Tyson already mentioned about how like business and, and, and the synergy around like the, uh, the business community and university community and, and local governments can really help boost uh, an area, especially in regards to the opportunities that children are afforded in public education. Um, and, and that kind of did spin off for me into, into going into law school. I'm thinking about how to how to create business opportunities for uh, different areas and, and to increase that opportunity for the people that live there. Um, but yeah, I definitely saw for myself how education played a role in um, and realizing that you know I was afforded great opportunities and that probably did have more to do with my proximity to Charlotte and the types of job opportunities that you know both my parents had and, and the neighbors and the surrounding neighborhoods I lived in had. Um, and how that tax revenue base definitely built up our public education system in ways that if, if you're more remote and you're more removed from those opportunities, don't necessarily it doesn't necessarily reflect as much in the uh, public schooling system. Fred, any comments? Um, I mean, I, I think they hit on a major point. Like I said, a lot of it's about resources and obviously like the politics of different regions. I mean, I think for me, like I said, so, you know, I, I was born and raised like, through middle school in Allendale, South Carolina. And so for me, you know, growing up in that rural area, 
Um, like it was under resourced. Like I said, right after I moved to Columbia, like South, like Allendale, the school district was the first district to be taken over by the state. And so, you know, I was able to see firsthand just like said, just lack of resources and things that were there. And, and a lot of that goes to like prior, you know. Allendale used to be like a vibrant area because 365 like ran through Allendale. So it was big on tourism. And then when 95 came, like that took all the tourism away because we were using that interstate to go from north to south. And so that really impacted the community. And it just has not like to this day, it has not responded or, you know, been able to rebound. And so, uh, you know, I think for me, as I think about obviously moved to Columbia, seeing the difference in just resources, because like, you know, I, I moved from South Carolina. I mean, I moved from Allendale to Columbia, still was in like like magnet programs. And that's just because obviously my parents, I was just fortunate and I'm, I'm privileged in the sense that both my parents are college educated. And so they were able to make sure despite the, the school system, I was like staying on par in terms of education. And so, you know, I think that's, I mean, that's interesting because as I go to North Carolina, I think one thing that wasn't mentioned is just like rural. I think rural in South Carolina is a little bit different than rural in North Carolina. Like for me in Allendale, for me to go to Columbia or right, really near a city. Like my sister went to graduate high school. For them to go to the nearest Waffle House movie theater, that's an hour and a half away. And that's traveling like two lane highways. Whereas in North Carolina, this is not the same. I mean, it's, it's not for everyone, but I know a lot of people who are from rural towns and they're 30 minutes from 85. They're 30 minutes from 40. And so I think that's just a different experience in terms of being able to like access these cities. And obviously we talked about like just the, pre, you know, just all of the universities and colleges that you have in North Carolina. Uh, you know, and with people staying, I said that there's just a lot of people who go and they're coming from these rural areas. They go get their education, they're able to go back and teach rural area, but still have that like life where you're able to travel 30 minutes to still like have like that life of being in a Durham or being in a Raleigh or being in a Charlotte. And so I think that's just a, you know, I don't know, just like an interesting like thing that I've seen personally. That doesn't speak to like the, the rankings, but I have just in terms of like lifestyle and seeing people who are going into the teaching profession and like just the difference that like how that looks differently in North Carolina in rural settings versus like South Carolina. That's uh, what I've seen. Yeah. So I appreciate those all good answers, all good answers. So I appreciate that. And then just for a reference point, uh, we want to make sure people understand what you are talking about. The corridor of shame is part of a poor rural region uh, along Interstate 95. Uh, there's a documentary on this. There's also a book, uh, but it's known for its historically inequitable school funding and poor student achievement. Uh, so we hit counties like uh, Collinson County, cities in Walterboro. Uh, it actually runs, if we're talking regions, it actually runs through the low country into the PD region as well. So uh, definitely do your Googles on that if you have not seen the documentary or want to learn more about that as well. So good answers, gentlemen. I appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, educated in Columbia the whole time, so I can't really speak to a, a large difference between, you know, the two, of course. But it, it is interesting to get the perspective on how, you know, a state right above you is, is so much more different. But you guys make good points about resources. Definitely recognize that. Uh, and then the ability of universities on, and their impact, of course, uh, on the surrounding areas. You get professionals, you get business students, you get all kinds of things around there that are able to create either programs or just bring business in there that helps, you know, influence education as well. So good, good stuff for that. Um, and before you move on from that point, before you move on from that point, I also want to point out that um, I bet if you did the rankings for Georgia, they would be up there with North Carolina. And it's just interesting that South Carolina is like bottom 10 for a lot of the rankings, but the two neighboring states are usually in the top half 
of rankings. So it's just like South Carolina almost gets the resources just stopped at the borders of South Carolina, which I find very interesting. Georgia is 30th overall. And then for higher education, they're 25th and then pre-K 31. Yeah, so almost top half for yeah. both of those. Yeah. Even states like Montana are ahead of us. Uh, <laughs> my current state uh, of Indiana is 30, 24th overall, 39th in higher ed, but 6th in uh, pre-K through 12th. And that is actually a, a nod here. I do hear a lot about how the pre-K education is very good throughout Indiana as well. I actually live in one of the suburbs of uh, Indianapolis that provide one of the best school districts in the state uh, as well. So uh, interesting enough, I don't think they ranked DC on here being that it's not a state. So cool, cool. Yeah. Appreciate the answers, gentlemen. Um, I want to switch to uh, still around the education thing, but I want to switch to a little bit more of a looser topic. Again, we all experienced education in North and South Carolina. Uh, so give me your favorite campus moments, your favorite campus spots. Uh, tell us about the spots you frequented at UNC, USC. Where, where uh, was your go to? Uh, uh, we'll start with uh, Ethan. Yeah, so um, campus moments, uh, which again was like the thing that I came to South Carolina for, was like the campus environment and that sort of thing. Um, so definitely enjoyed enjoyed first night Carolina. Uh, my freshman year was when uh, the Gamecocks beat Ole Miss when they were ranked number four. Oh, man. Um, so it was, like, one of the first, like, big games I got to go to. That was a high um, Thursday night. I've seen every, like, major SEC power player, like, fall between, like, 09 and, and 2013 when I was there. Yeah. So, meeting Tim Tebow and, and I mean, almost meeting Cam Newton, um, uh, beating Alabama. Uh, in Clemson every time <laughs> like that that was cool yeah um, so like having those memories those sports memories are really cool um, five points I enjoyed tailgating a sideways race I enjoyed um, going down to Charleston was actually really cool uh, I think that was the first time I had gone to Charleston was when I was in college um, and and enjoy, I enjoyed that um, obviously you know joining the fraternity meeting you guys that was cool <laughs> one of my better uh, experiences toward, toward you know after as a part of the fraternity and we'll talk about joining the fraternity which was at least fun part <laughs> on campus but Ethan Tillman attended two weekends to be a part of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated thank you very much <laughs> but uh yeah so um that uh I think I had first tried shrimp and grits in South Carolina. That was one of the first foods that that was the first time I had that before. Um, pimento cheese that wasn't very big in Charlotte either. That was something that I just tried in South Carolina. Um, uh, Rushes, Lizard's Thicket, those places were my favorite. Polly's Front Porch. Yeah, the birds. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the Columbia USC area. That was uh, Club Dreams. 
fun place to go. Good days. Good days, man. <laughs> had a good like campus experience. I, I got to see a lot of it. It was cool. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh man, uh Polly's had some great burgers. Dreams was a great time. If we did anything right, we was gonna eat, drink, and party. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> Very well. If you graduated, that's a plus too. So shout out to all of us. Uh <laughs> Uh, cool. Thanks, Ethan. Um, Fred and Tyson, man. Yeah, some campus memories, uh, favorite spots, maybe a food that, you know, once you left South Carolina, uh, Fred, you, you saw in North Carolina and vice versa for you, Tyson. So, uh, Fred, you can go ahead. Yeah, man. I mean, spots wise, like, you know, it's crazy, Ethan. You talking about, like, you don't see that being no party school because, bruh, like, my GPA would say otherwise, though. <laughs> like, I had. <laughs> I had a great time at UNC, man. It was like living in a bubble, bro. Because like I said, we got Raleigh there, like 30 minutes away, but we never went to Raleigh, man. We just stayed in Chapel Hill. So we got Franklin Street. On Franklin Street, man, my freshman year, I mean, most years too, but like Thursdays nights, we would go to Players. And, you know, Players was live every Thursday night. Friday would be on Franklin Street regardless. Like I said, there was this one spot. I mean, it had like five different names, but, you know, during the time we was there, White Bar, Beds. I can't even remember the other names, but it was the same spot, just different management every other year. Um, and them joints was live, like mad house parties. Because like I said, UNC, I mean, if you think about a black population, it's not large. I mean, it's not a large percentage, but UNC is so big that we have, like, we felt like we had our own HBCU within the realms of UNC. So, like, we party hard. Like, my first weekend there, actually, it was a white frat, but they had a party. It was like the Tep, like Tep frat, and they had a, yeah, it was a Tep party. Man, that joint was so crazy. Like you couldn't even get into the house. Like you, like once you got in, you couldn't move. Everybody was sweating, man. You was really just like pivoting, just like ants pivot. Like because once you left, it, it wasn't no, you know, you might not be able to get back in. But like house parties is crazy. Like I said, Franklin Street always lit. Um, top of the hill, man. Good times up there. There's another couple like hood spots, mansions. We had good parties out there. Um, so yeah, it was always something. Whether you want to go to Frame Street, whether you want to go to a house party, whether you want to go to the White Frats, like it was always something to get into. So appreciated that. I'm trying to think in terms of food. And then actually, yeah, my senior year too, like I said, being a captain, man, K Side, shout out to the news. Okay, nobody on here. All right, that's all. All right, cool, cool, cool. Yo, yo to the noobs. Uh, nah, we, man, we brought campus parties back, man. We had a great hall party my senior year, man. We had from all over the state of North Carolina coming to that joint. Um, that was crazy. My senior year, we threw a pajama party on campus, too. Like, it was literally a tornado, like a hurricane warning. It was raining like hell. We were selling tickets that day, whether it rained with a hurricane warning. And people showed up getting off the, like, the bus with their pajamas on with like a hurricane coming in and we and we threw it down. Like that drunk was live. So like a lot of good party stories. I could go on and on about that. I think in terms of food, like I mean we just had a, you know, some spots on Franklin Street. So we had Sutton's. You go in there, man, they, the burgers was amazing. They had like on Tuesdays they got the, the hot dog special, two hot dogs and fries for like three dollars. That joint's crazy. We had beeskies, you know, people would go in there, they got wraps, you know, live and then you know after this you know, once you go out at night three in the morning, everybody was there to get food and like 80% chance there was going to be a fight that broke out in there too. So that was a lot. We used to have a Miami subs. Yeah, my freshman year I had Miami subs and there was always the fight in there Friday, Saturday night, dog. but like that joke was lit. Uh, I think the other thing we had on Franklin Street was uh, 
time out. It was a spot that stayed open 24 hours. And, you know, sometimes that's the only thing open. So we go in there, food's good, but you definitely was about to be on the toilet later on. So, <laughs> like, this is a good time. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do, you know? Need some nourishment. But, uh, no, Chapel Thrill, man, I love that joint. Best four years of my life, for sure. Yeah, before we go to Tyson, I just want to make some comments on about UNC. Uh, definitely missed out on, like, that Franklin Street. So I always would hear about Franklin Street, especially with, like, Halloween. And I just never made it up there for Halloween. Uh, oh, I forgot about, yo, know, Halloween. So my freshman year, I re- like, yeah, people just come from all over state North Carolina, dog. Like, it was 50,000 people on Franklin Street. Like, everybody drunk in costumes. Like, every Halloween, you see people passed out in bushes, like, all over campus. Like, they tried to hone that joint in. They tried to make it a homegrown celebration and limit that joint. But, yeah, that no, was crazy. Like, my junior year, I was an RA. So I actually didn't even go out. I was online, so it didn't matter. But, uh, like, bruh, they shut the door, the residence hall. Like, they got that joint on, like, top flight security at, like, 12 p.m. noon. Like, RA. Usually, we don't have nobody blocking the door. People watching the doors. Like, yeah, Halloween, boy. People used to go in. Uh, like, that joint was crazy. Yeah, you just, all these drunk people in costumes, like, just having a good time. Franklin Street, like I said, and, and then other thing with Franklin Street is, like, that's where we all celebrated. So, you, you know, after we won our national championship, after we beat Duke, people be like burning fires and you jumping through them. And it sounds crazy, but like once you get out there, you got to do it. So, yeah. And the other comment I wanted to make was how you mentioned like people at UNC always stayed at UNC do their partying because it was just enough going on to what we say. And the USC was very similar because what you'll find is some experiences with certain schools with the black population that they'll go travel to a HBCU to party because at their school, it's just not happening. But it seems like at UNC and at USC, like we were cool. Like we didn't have to go to state to go to a party, you know, we could just stay right there. So that was interesting that you brought that up, especially being so close to Central and Shaw. And I don't know if you guys went to, I mean, Greensboro a little further away, but a and is like famous. So I don't know if you guys went out there or not. Yeah, no, no, we definitely did. And I think for some people, like, I started going out to more of the other schools my junior year after I crossed. So, like I said, we would go, like, you know, mess with the brothers at Duke, mess with the brothers at, like, Central, and we would party in. And so, like, so people, a lot of people who from North Carolina, they would definitely party, like, early on, freshman, sophomore year, going to different spots. But I said, I had enough fun. But, I mean, and, and like I said, being close to Duke, Central, like, we would definitely party. Like, we would go to North, uh, NC State because they had their tally parties, so they was known for them joints. So we would go there. Obviously, A and T for Jiho, like people was going there. Charlotte, um, you know, yeah. So people, I mean, that's a great thing about North Carolina too. Like, obviously, you can do your own thing on USC's campus, but you can make road trips literally like everywhere and have a, a great time. So, cool. All right, Tyson, campus memories. I was, I was fortunate. Um, I worked in athletics for I was at UNC eight total years, four as a student, four as staff. So. A lot of mine were, were tied to athletics. You know, the 2009 Basketball National Championship, that was obviously a lot of fun running to Frank Street um, after that. Uh, and then, yeah, I worked for the baseball team for those eight years. So in 2007, 8, 9, 11, and 13, we all won uh, Super Regionals to advance to the College World Series um, at home. In 2006, we won 12, but that was at Alabama. So, um fortunate to go to the College World Series six times in my time at UNC. So obviously that was a lot of fun. And Fred took me down uh, memory lane with some of those. I hadn't thought about Miami subs in a long time, but uh, yeah, there were some 
uh, late nights there. Uh, Pepper's Pizza. That was the only one I was trying to think of um, that, that hadn't been brought up. So, you know, a lot of those food places, Sutton's is still my favorite place to go when I'm back on Franklin Street. Um, you know, it's kind of the iconic lunch counter, drugstore um, kind of place. Um, and then just campus in general. I mean, UNC campus is gorgeous. Um, the entire campus. And it's very... Um, you know, it's not, it's not spread throughout the downtown. It's very enclosed. It's very walkable. Um, you know, it's just just a in, incredible, incredible campus. Um, and then now I work at USC and you see a lot of the same thing. Like the horseshoe on the campus of the University of South Carolina is is gorgeous as well. Um, and you know, some of the some of the campus buildings at USC are spread throughout downtown. But you know, when you're in the horseshoe. You don't really you don't feel like you're in the state's capital you know you're in, you feel like you're kind of cocooned in your own own community so i think both campuses are, are really really good spots um to to live and to learn um so i think you've got you've got some similarities uh, there as well between between the two institutions but i'd say most of my uh most of my unc memories are probably associated with athletics and we we did have a a great run um, across the board during my eight years at, at UNC. Hey, Tyson, real quick, man, you know, to go back earlier, Justin said he'd never heard of University of National Champions, man. And obviously, people know about the national championships we got in basketball, right? Um, you know, but every, I mean, I feel like other sports, we, we win a national championships like every year, bro. Like our, the, the UNC women's soccer team has more national championships than every other end of, like NCAA team combined, bro. Like we got lacrosse championships, we got field hockey, like, you know, sometimes, you know, it's crazy being on top so long, dog. Like, just win all these national championships, bro. That shit is so much celebrating. And, like, yeah, you know, I love it, but I feel bad for y'all. But I Where's your it. humility? <laughs> it is hard to keep track is what I mean. You've got national championships. You also have a, a huge number of conference championships. I think I read a statistic. I need to go back and get the exact date. But it's something like every student since, like, 19 – the late 1970s, um, at least every year, every student who went to UNC for four years experienced at least one conference championship. Um, and that's just, that's just silly. That's uh, and, you know, the history of athletics at the University of North Carolina is obviously very, very impressive as impressive as is present. I mean, Dean Smith was the basketball, the, the greatest coach in the history of sports, um, was a basketball coach there for so long um, and had in and obviously, and if you don't know Dean Smith, especially now, um, you ought to go research him because I think Coach Smith is certainly someone who I wish was still around today who proved that you can win and win national championships at a very high level um, and be socially aware and fight for social and racial justice and still win um, national championships. Some coaches in the state of South Carolina, uh, Dabba, who maybe think that you can't quite be as uh, woke and at the same time, and you most certainly can. Um, I, I would encourage everyone to go look up uh, what Dean Smith did, not in 2020, but in the 1960s, uh, before he was, you know, Hall of Famer. So um, I would just throw that in um, as, a, as a relevant topic to today's world. If you and one more thing, if you did know, this, bro. go ahead. MJ, bro. Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Yeah. I'm good. We all watched the documentary. 
Uh, if you didn't know, this is a anti-Clemson podcast. Okay, so from the South Carolina episode to this episode, we do not support Clemson in any way on this podcast. We are united in that. Yes, we yeah. are. We are united in that. Uh, that's uh, dope stuff, man. I appreciate y'all giving me that. Um, and it's interesting how you and Fred talked about all those experiences, too. And I think one point uh, that I think you, Fred, mentioned is, was something about like the diversity or just students on campus as well. Um, I didn't have the numbers for the incoming freshman class for USC, uh, but for UNC, they boasted over 5,000 incoming freshmen this past fall. Um, 11% were African-American. Um, 66% white. Of course, there's a large population there, but all the others were all in the double digits except for the Alaska Native. Uh, you're seeing 3% there, but Asian American, 18%, Hispanic, with about 10% uh, as well. And overall for USC, what I'm seeing, uh, and overall for UNC, they're sitting at 7.8% African American. Uh, for USC, the number I've seen is 10.2%, but it's trending downward as well. So uh, just some things to think about. But I think Justin's got a couple more questions, and then we'll wrap up. Yeah. Um, usually in uh, the past episodes from the SC series, I bring up a place that may or may not be real, and I ask my guests to kind of talk about it. And the place I found was Snow Hill, North Carolina. Does anybody know if that's a real place? And if so, do you know why it's special or why it's gonna be special for this particular topic? So go ahead, Ethan. I'm a little biased because like I said, I lived in Kinston, so I, I'm aware of Snow Hill and Greene County. I'm not sure why it's special. <laughs> oh. Snow Hill. Do you have a response of why it's special, Fred, or no, or anybody? Nah, I'd have heard of a lot of you, like, North Carolina country towns, but Snow Hill ain't one of them. Yeah, Snow Hill. So I figured Ethan would get it because um, of where he taught school. But the reason it's special, because it is home to two rappers who have made major, um, who have had uh, major success. One of them being Rhapsody, most recently. So she's a very dope female rapper. Check her out if you haven't listened to her music. But the other one is Mr. Petey Pablo. Don't do it. He is from Snow Hill, North Carolina. <laughs> So I want to talk about like how North Carolina has it. They have this dope music scene. Like it just like we talked about the South Carolina music scene, but it was all local. Like North Carolina rappers made it nationwide. You got your J Cole. I mentioned Rhapsody. You got um, the Baby, and then you got uh, some of the singers like Fantasia and Anthony Hamilton. So shout out to North Carolina for that dope scene. But I want to talk about Petey Pablo and his song, uh, Raise Up, came out in 2001, produced by Timbaland, hit number 13 on the Billboard charts. And his album that contained that song was actually nominated for a Grammy. So, 
King Pablo also got Freak Elite, which was also his biggest hit, hit number seven on the charts. And he also rapped on Sierra's Goodies, which reached number one. So Pete Pablo had a nice little string of hits. So we will start with the the NC natives. Like, what was that like having Petey Pablo hit that mainstream success? And he being from North Carolina. So Tyson, we'll start with you since you were you were old enough to remember this. I'm not sure if Ethan's old enough to remember this. Well, that song just totally took over the entire state. It was played literally at. I mean, it still is. I mean, I think every every college campus, every city, every town. I mean, every everybody tried to claim that song as kind of their own. I mean, there's been a numerous um, edited videos of whether it be UNC or, or any other state that have edited uh, his music video to put their their, uh, their insignias on there. So, I mean, I think that that song that, um, gave the state a lot of pride. I mean, I think it kind of um, put put North Carolina in, in some new conversations in terms of its music scene. And I think it was especially impactful for the people who lived in the state because it was, I mean, it was a really good song. And it was all about, you know, our state. So how, I mean, why, how, how could someone not be really proud of it and not think it to be really important? Um, and said, uh, excuse me, Justin, you mentioned a lot of other um, artists. And I, I do think that culturally and when it comes to music, North Carolina does have quite the history there um, throughout a, a lot of different types of music. I mean, James Taylor, who's an iconic uh, musician, um, born and raised in Chapel Hill. See a pattern here. Um, and then you have, I mean, and then old school got like Andy Griffith, you know. So I mean, I think I think you you've got a state that that has produced all sorts of different types of musicians who have got all kinds of different genres, but at, at um, some point have have reached kind of the the peak of their profession. I mean, you know, Anthony Hamilton kind of um, came popular because he was the the music guest on the Chappelle Show when the Chappelle Show was was um, you know in its prime. So I think you, you've seen folks that, and the neat thing about, too, I think some of these North Carolina musicians is that they incorporate their life experiences in the state into their music. And in fact, some of those songs that um, they gained such popularity and notoriety were the ones that they talked about the state of North Carolina. So I think that makes people especially proud of them, especially in the case of Petey Pablo and then Carolina, Carolina in My Mind by James Taylor, uh, which is, you know, I think in, in two different worlds um, or two different eras, I should say, those are kind of like the unofficial state songs. I mean, I think that that is um, something that, that folks, regardless of where you're from in the state, have always been really proud of. All right, Ethan. So you were a little bit younger when Pete Pablo dropped. But if you don't remember Pete Pablo, you can speak of how it was like when J. Cole finally came out or uh, – Anthony Hamilton, fantastic, anybody like that. So no, I remember it. So I do, I remember North Carolina, the song. Uh, I remember Raise Up, I guess is the name of it, Raise Up. I remember that song. Um, I remember it being everywhere, kind of like Tyson said. Um, I think one of the cool things about Petey Pablo and that song is like, and maybe, again, this is just me being very Charlotte-centric or something, but Petey Pablo wasn't from, you know, Charlotte or Raleigh or, like, one of the big parts of North Carolina. And, like, he came up, he had this song that was such a big anthemic song for the entire state, and he wasn't from, like, a major, you know, area of the state. And I think that's really cool. Um, but 
the baby and Fantasia were and and Anthony Hamilton were like some of the first artists to really come out of Charlotte. Um in the Charlotte area. I remember my dad actually buying an Anthony Hamilton demo CD from the mall when he used to perform in uh in the malls around Charlotte. Um and I definitely remember watching Fantasia on American Idol and calling in every week and voting for her and like wanting to see like someone and she's she uh from like High Point Green Greensboro area, but we kinda claimed her in Charlotte too and we try to figure out what her Charlotte ties are and we always be uh, trying to promote Fantasia of um, when American Idol was such a huge success. Um, and then, yeah, like uh, as today, like more modern, like rap has become like a lot less regional, but like still having someone like the baby be such a big major artist um, and being from Charlotte, like, you know, it feels good to see like, oh, wow, we finally have, you know, someone in the national conversation that's from Charlotte and rap music. Um, proper and not just like R&B and, and urban like not around the edges but like actually in, in rap music so that's been cool too do y'all claim what about, Cole? Any, uh, what about any Clay Aiken he from North Carolina oh yeah Clay Aiken Clay Aiken's from North Carolina I remember he was a big thing on uh when he was on American Idol, that was a big thing for Charlotte too. We, we is he from he that area, Charlotte? I feel like when when you're from North Carolina, you know you've really made it when you have like a Bojangles commercial. That's like your your sign of like this person. We're proud of this is our favorite son. Stamp of approval. Subject. So, uh, so uh, Clay Aiken, I remember he had he had that. Um, no, J Cole too. Yeah, uh, he's from Fayetteville. J Cole is like one of my less favorite uh, rappers. So. I actually like to make fun of J. Cole, so so that's why I didn't bring him up. But uh, J. Cole, like having his success, like that's definitely big for a lot of people back home, um, and, and it means a lot to to have someone else who's really proud of North Carolina, and again, like someone who's not from a, a very big part. Fave that's pretty known in North Carolina, but like nationally not as known um, um, in the area. But it's cool. Thank you. Fred, any comments? Um, I remember Raise Up was a pretty big song, and I felt like because he, he shouted out the Carolinas, I think like maybe in South Carolina we kind of took it a little bit because, I mean, it was about as close as we were going to get for a yeah. mainstream person. So any thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, no, I think in South Carolina, like I said, definitely, man, you know, you take anything you can get. So if somebody's saying South like Carolina, like that's us. So like we definitely got live with that. But it's funny, yeah, when I went to UNC, bro, like, they played that joint out so hard, bro. Like, every football game, I'm like, I'm tired of, like, turning my, <laughs> twisting my shirt like a helicopter dog. Like, <laughs> I, I remember, like, I still got a North Carolina license now, man. I've been going places like, oh, you're from North Carolina, man? Oh, yeah. Petey Powell, I'm like, come on, dog. We got J. Cole. We got, we got mad rappers now. We got the baby dog. Like, you can't be still using uh using that. But, I mean, like I said, I, I appreciate, like I said, he shot out of Carolina, so we'll, we'll, we'll take it. And frequently, his biggest hit, he shot the video in Columbia, South Carolina. <laughs> Off of Bluff Road, man. Yes, sir. Yeah. And real t- I mean, one thing, and y'all talked about it on like the, one of the other episodes too, man. Like being from South Carolina, being at UNC, man, I was actually proud, man. Like I said, Lil Rue was out with Nasty Song and Crank That Roy. We actually took that, brought that joint to North Carolina, bro. So I was like, yeah. Oh, the Roy made it to North Carolina? Oh, man. it's lit. Oh, it's I lit. Said, <laughs> <laughs> how, did you, how did you see it? Did you were at a party in South Carolina or? I don't even know. I think, yo, it's, yo, actually, I remember this. Me and my line brother, Jeff, we went to uh, 
we went to Miami for like uh, spring break. And I remember, you know, we drove. So we, I remember on the drive back, like we just listened to the radio and we heard that drum. We were like, oh, this short is live. So we got back and like, yeah, we just like just put everybody on, man. And they start playing that joint. So it was crazy, nice. bro. So, yeah. so, shout out to uh, Orangeburg and Crank That Roy. Orth the Bird made it, man. That's what's up. Hey, man, one more. Hey, one quick thing though, because y'all asked me about food and and when Ethan, when you said Bojangles, it reminded me because now now they're in South Carolina, so y'all have them. But like cookout, like we didn't have no cook, we didn't have cookouts in South Carolina when we was growing up. So I I remember I went to North Carolina and they was like, "Yo, you been to cookout?" I'm like, "Yeah, I've been to plenty of cookouts before, dog." Like, yeah. <laughs> they was like, "No, have you been to the cookout?" I'm like, "Nah, what you mean?" And bro, that first experience going to cookout, dog. You get your, not a combo, bro. You get a tray. Yeah, that joint was three ninety five at the time. Three ninety five for a burger or a chicken sandwich, whatever you want, and two sides and a like. You can get a wrap as a side, bro. You can get hush puppies, quesadilla. Bro, cookout was a, like a yeah. motherfucking beast. Like we would crowd, we would get like it'd be ten of us in a car, bro. Like driving out the cookout. College so days. Boom, cookout is is a champ, bro. Like that barbecue sauce fire too. The honey mustard, like all these sauces fire. Like yeah. Shout out to Cookout. Shout out to Cookout for real. I, I had the same exact experience. My mind was blown when you can get chicken nuggets as a side. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. Oh, no. My, this can't be. My first, I, I didn't go to heaven. <laughs> my first Cookout experience was at SC State. And I got put on by a cat from Charleston, Russ. Russ put me on to, because, uh, you know, it was interesting. It was a long day, but we were down at State, had to get Russ's transcripts for some stuff or whatever. But, yeah, he was like, you want something to eat? And I was like, yeah. He was like, you've been to cookout. I was like, no, what are you talking about? So we went over to cookout, and he was like, you probably just want to get this tray. And I looked at what was available, and the lady was like, you can get a quesadilla, nuggets, or whatever. As How is a quesadilla a side? <laughs> like, that's a whole main dish. At a at a restaurant, yeah, it was crazy. And they Let me put get that double burger cheddar style, yeah, with chicken nuggets and yeah. seasoned fries, milkshakes, yeah. They put two in Columbia, man. No, there's th- three in Columbia. There's one on Two Notch near Spring Valley. There's one downtown in Five Points, and there's one near uh, Fort Jackson as well. I remember when they put the cookout in Columbia. I was so excited because it was like <laughs> finally like a piece of home is like. You know, close to me now. Um, but I do remember most recently, uh, my girlfriend, who's from New Jersey, on one of her first trips to Charlotte with me, uh, we stopped by cookout, and she was, it was huge culture shock for her uh, having cookout, having a tray for the first time. Also, took her to Zaxby's, which was like a North Carolina thing. They don't have a lot of those. And, and she loves Zaxby's as well. But yeah, cookout and Zaxby's are like, that was that was like a culture shock for for northeasterners. Yeah, is that the North Carolina thing? Well, no, I, I guess they did have one in Columbia, so it's not, maybe not just North Carolina, but yeah, it's definitely- had Zaxby's for a while. Yeah. yeah, I grew up on them Zaxby's for Yeah. But Cookout was definitely new. Like, it took a long time for Cookout to, to come to at least the Columbia area. I'm not sure if it was in other areas of South Carolina yeah. or not, but it took a it while. Was, like, when I went to college, it was only, it was not in South Carolina at all. It was, like, straight North Carolina, and then they started okay. in, in the other area. Yeah. I'm one in five points stays packed. Oh, yeah. Always. Always. Ethan, similar experience with my girlfriend too, man. She's from Indiana, Northwest Indiana specifically. And like when we came south for one of the first times, uh, like I got her Bojangles. 
mind blown uh, from that, right? And then she loves cheer wine. So every time I go home in South Carolina, she's like, bring back cheer wine. I think it's gross. I think it's liquid sugar. Um, if I'm drinking soda, it's really just like ginger ale like, uh, but they love it. Uh, and then Zaxby's, another favorite. We have one here in Indianapolis, but like for me, it's like 45 minutes away. Uh, and then cookout, she was, again, mind blown. She was like, I showed her the price of everything. And like, we spent like 12 bucks for like three people food and (laughs) she was absolutely blown so yeah man all right justin you got anything else nah that's it man um we show a lot of love to north carolina maybe a little too much love to north carolina but we did want to talk about our neighboring northern state for sure so go ahead close us out yeah man uh, so first and foremost, man, I appreciate each and every one of y'all for being on, telling your experience. Uh, I think it's great to hear these stories and the similarities and differences between the two states uh, and, and all the experiences, too, man. I, when it comes to music, I want to mention this, though, because in South Carolina, we didn't necessarily have a lot of stuff uh, make it nationally besides, you know, Little Rue and stuff like that. But uh, we had some fire local music. And one of the, like, most fire, like, local North Carolina songs I heard that did shout out specific cities in South Carolina was by the crime family, Carolina's My Home. Like, I don't know if y'all know that song, but, like, I heard, I specifically remember hearing it coming back from, and Tyson and Justin, y'all remember this, coming back from our trip uh, in Myrtle Beach, when we were Red Cross volunteers and uh, remember specifically hearing it then. And uh, I think because we were so close to that North Carolina border and in that area, we were hearing North Carolina stations and then to just going up to North Carolina for stuff. But hearing that song, I was like, man, this is dope. So again, shout out to the North Carolina man, uh, Ethan, Tyson, Fred, thank y'all for being on, man. Uh, Be sure to, you know, once this is posted, be sure to tweet it and post it and share it with everything else. So with that being said, I want to thank y'all again for being on. Uh, Be sure to listen to past episodes. You can follow us on Instagram at said underscore talk. You can follow us on Twitter at the same uh, thing. Uh, Be sure to click the link in the bio to listen to past episodes. Cop some merch. We got some t-shirts. We got some mugs. plenty of colors for you to choose from. And then uh, I would just want to say, I hope everyone is out there being safe. Uh, Stay away from the COVID stuff, man, that is still out there. But also shout out to all the protesters. Shout out to everybody who is out here letting their voice be heard. Uh, I hope you are safe each and every time you are out there. Know that your voice is not uh, being lowered. It is being heard. Uh, Things are happening as well um and as <laughs> tyson so eloquently put it you should check out dean smith in his uh response to uh, social justice as it pertains to sports and don't be like Davo. so uh i close out with you know thanks again for listening black lives matter we'll talk to you later